A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Mark. A leper came to Jesus and kneeling down begged him and said, If you wish, you can make me clean. Moved with pity, Jesus stretched out his hand, touched him and said to him, I do will it, be made clean. The leprosy left him immediately and he was made clean. Then, warning him sternly, Jesus dismissed him at once. He said, see that you tell no one anything, but go show yourself to the priests and offer for your cleansing what Moses prescribed. That will be proof for them. The man went off and began to publicize the whole matter. He spread the report abroad so that it was impossible for Jesus to enter a town openly. He remained outside in deserted places, and people kept coming to him from everywhere. The Gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. It's ironic sometimes that we hear disobedience in the Gospels. We heard it today once again. In the Gospel of Mark, he has woven into the whole story, the good news, what we call the secret message. It's not a secret, but there's something interesting in Mark the answer to the secret is revealed on the cross. Throughout the Gospel of Mark, we have Mark composing the miracles of Jesus, followed with, don't tell anybody. Don't tell anybody I cured you. Don't, tell, don't spread the word out. And the more he, Jesus, tells people, Shh, be quiet, the more they go and broadcast it. So disobedience. And you would think that Mark would be more sensitive to the gospel and say, see, everybody obeyed Jesus. It's not true. Not everybody obeyed Jesus. This guy was just healed. And he went broadcasting the fact that Jesus healed him. Jesus gave him a prescription. The prescription is based on basically our first reading from the book of Leviticus. The book of Leviticus is a book of laws. And in the ancient times when this was composed, if you had a mark on your face or your body like God forbid eczema or uh, another acne or anything else one would have considered you unclean because the mandates of the scriptures in the Old Testament is that you had to be pure before you come to God well philosophically we follow that too before we receive the Eucharist, we're supposed to be pure. That's why we begin our Masses with, Lord, have mercy, Kyrie eleison, because we're asking him to forgive our sins so we can present ourselves to Jesus pure before we receive the Eucharist. So the, the idea of it is a little refined, according to the New Testament, but the idea is very familiar to us in order to come before God, you've got to be pure. The purity in the Old Testament involved not only sinfulness, not only internal sin or dirt, you might say, but external. 
So if you were crippled, if you were, had a scar, if you had a disease, and God forbid you have leprosy, you were unpure, unclean. My first year at Seton Hall University was called Divinity School. It was the two years before a guy could be, enter the seminary. And of course, hazing was prohibited, but of course, we hazed. We did it. And one of the hazing experiences I remember, for some reason I skipped it, I bowed out, when the sophomores, the second year students, lined up the freshmen, that would have been me, but I was not there, and they said, okay, for your hazing, you have to walk up and down the hallways of Bowling Hall, the dormitory, with a bell, ring the bell, and as you're walking, say, ding dong, I'm a leper, ding dong, I'm impure. That was their hazing. Now, I was a freshman, I had just finished Catholic high school, but I had no idea what they were talking about. It was this gospel that they were talking about, that in antiquity, the Jews who had leprosy had to keep a distance from people, not, not go near them at all. They were banned from the temple, they were banned from, from the marketplace, and they had to be in the distance. And if they saw people go by on the main road, they had to go away and shout out, ding, well, not ding dong, but impure, lepers, unclean, lepers, about themselves. Interesting, it was like an identification of their vulnerability, an identification of their sinfulness, which is good for us to keep in mind. We don't have to announce our sinfulness out there in the world, but we do have to be aware of whatever our sinfulness is, something small, something great. So it was acceptable for the people to see lepers and know they were going to stay away. No one would get close until Jesus comes on the scene. And Jesus turns the whole of the scriptures topsy-turvy because we often say, quoting Jesus, I came not to abolish the old law, but to fulfill it. How did he fulfill it? This is a good case in which it shows how he fulfilled the Old Testament with a new kind of action. Don't forget, lepers had to stay away, lepers couldn't touch, lepers were unclean and sinful. A leper throws himself at the feet of Jesus. Now Jesus is still in the Capernaum area. Remember from last week's gospel and the previous chapters here where Peter lived and he had just healed the mother of P Peter's wife. And he's walking along and a leper has the audacity. You, I mean, it's like sometimes you see it on, on Twitter or, or Facebook or one of those. Um, when someone makes the mistake of touching a royal person, like extending his hand before the royalty extends theirs, or dares to sit down while the royalty is still standing. And that's like, ooh, big faux pas, big social 
mistake. This beggar, we call him a beggar because he was a leper and lepers had no jobs and the only occupation they had was begging, throws himself at the feet of Jesus and talks to him almost like an equal. If you wish, you can, you can make me clean. This is a leper. Leper is, leprosy is modern-day Hansen's disease, and it affects all the extremities and it travels through the body because it's a virus. Unless it's cured, it could really distort the person incredibly, and we have a lot of that in modern-day India when Mother Teresa worked with the lepers and, and Father Damien worked with the lepers in Hawaii. So it's not completely annihilated from us. We know what it is, although it's under control. Listen to Mark. Short and sweet and right to the point. That's his gospel. Moved with pity. Now, the word we have in English is pity, but the word in the Greek from which Mark wrote the, in which Mark wrote this gospel was it turned his stomach. Jesus was disgusted by the sight of the leper. And even in that disgust, stretched out his hand, would touch the leper, stretched out his hand and said, I do will it be made clean. Jesus touching the hand of the leper. Jesus defying all the norms of society that said don't even go near them, don't, don't even look in their direction. He allows connection. And this is Jesus. This is our Lord. This is how the New Testament fulfilled the Old Testament. He dared touch. What? Don't forget, this guy is a leper, but this guy is a member of the community. This guy that Jesus is touching was made by his father. God the creator created him as well as everyone else in the crowd. And Jesus' examples are so poignant for us. Jesus teaches us through his actions how to deal with one another. Oh, we don't see leprosy here. Go out the front door of the church and you'll see leprosy to your right and to your left on so many corners in our city. You see leprosy in our newspapers when those who are instruments of Satan throw bombs on people and destroy communities and invade territories. That's the leprosy of sin. That's the leprosy of anger. That's the leprosy of selfishness. So leprosy may not be something that is affecting our skin today, but it certainly is affecting our world and our hearts. What does Jesus do? I do will it be made clean. And then Jesus keeps the prohibitions, go to the priest, do what's normal, and the priest will declare you clean, and then you can worship again in the temple. 
He's doing the same thing to us. Fight for peace. Pray for peace. Write your representatives for peace. In all areas of the world that we're involved in. And then come back to Jesus and say, okay, I started the process. I did my piece, my share. Not enough, but I did my share. Just what he told the man who had leprosy to do. Do what's right. Follow up the goodness that you have experienced with more goodness, with prayer, with going to the temple, and us coming to the Lord, asking him for more energy to do more good and follow the example of Jesus. Jesus himself, again, not only shows us through his actions what to do to other people, but his own personal behavior. What does he do? He goes to a deserted place to pray, to get his energy up. He goes to a deserted place because people were following him. Hey, the miracle worker's over there. Let's go. And they go after the miracle worker until he had to go to deserted places to pray, to bring himself before God. You and I are any different? We work all week. Some of us come to liturgy every day. Some of us just on Sundays, which is the holy day to bring our stuff before God, whatever that stuff is, anxiety at home, illness, death, bring it before God. And there Jesus reaches out his hand to each one of us. I do will that your prayers are heard. I do will that you be made clean to us. But we've got to come here first. I'm talking to the choir. You are here. But your job and my job is to invite others, other family members, people for whom we are praying. Tell them what goes on here. Externally, it looks like words and stuff and actions at the altar. Internally, it's reading God's word, receiving God's son in the Eucharist. Can't get that out there. I don't care how topsy-turvy our culture is and how canceling it is. You can't get that out there. We have God's holy word here. And in the actions of Jesus, we know how to act. We know how to publicize our faith. Because once you connect with Jesus, <laughs> it is so natural to broadcast like the healed man did. To go publicize whether you do it on your pages or in words with your family and friends, once you've been touched by Jesus, once you've received the Eucharist, once you, you've had a connection in prayer to Jesus, you can't keep it quiet. We have to bring it to others. We have to bring that faith and that miracle of the Eucharist to others and tell them how it affected you and me. Jesus is here waiting for us. He brings us healing. And there might be some people in church today who said, oh, I don't need healing. I'm praying for this person or that person. Noble, very good. But we all need healing. We're selfish in some way. We forget 
to do good things often. Okay, so put that aside and say, God, you, you, you cleanse me. Like you told the priest to cleanse the, the man who is healed. But when we come before Jesus, he wants to touch our hands. He wants to know what's in our hearts. And our task, our challenge, is to evangelize, which means broadcast. Connect with Jesus and broadcast the faith we have in him. We're just a few days away from the beginning of Lent with Ash Wednesday. And this church and churches throughout the world will be packed with people coming to seek a sign on their foreheads a sign of vulnerability and mortality and a sign of acceptance that we are sinners before God. Even those of us who do nothing are sinners before God. It's called apathy. So as we prepare and look forward to the beginning of this 40-day journey with Jesus, Let's realize he wants us here. He wants to heal us. And he sends us out broadcasting our healing experience with others.